freeze. Everybody down on the ground. Well, which is it, young feller? You want I should freeze or get down on the ground? Mean to say, if I freeze, I can't rightly drop. And if I drop, I'm gonna be in motion. You see? Shut up! Welcome to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. The hit cast offers a weekly look at Hollywood from a conservative point of view. Sick of media bias infecting Hollywood headlines? Tired of stars insulting your views? Hit has your back. Now, here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to episode 148 of the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. This week we're speaking with Steve Mudflap McGrew. Again, why is he back on the show? Well, he's one of the funniest stand-ups around, for starters. Plus, he's brave enough to let his conservative views shine without apology. And of course, he's paid a price for doing just that. You'll find out more in a minute. You know, we're allowed to have a little fun in the age of Trump, right? And for me, that means updating a post I wrote about two years ago called 11 Celebrities Trump Absolutely Broke. Today, the number stands about 15, but I think that's a conservative estimate. The latest broken star is Larry Charles. Now, you may not know Larry. He's not a household name. But you know his biggest show, Seinfeld. He was one of the writers in that sitcom. He also directed Religulous with Bill Maher, Borat, and Bruno. So he's a pretty big comedy player in Hollywood. Now, you ready for his tweets? Now, here's just two from Mr. Charles, but there's more where this came from, trust me. Here's number one. With the help of a hostile foreign power, a traitor and criminal has been illegally installed in the White House who treats the law as a joke and the citizens as suckers. Number two. If you are poor, you are in danger. If you are black or brown or Muslim or Jew, you are in danger. Only the white Christians are safe. Now, when you hear that, you can get angry. I mean, there's an absolutely lack of anything remotely close to a fact in there. It's just unhinged. I kind of feel sad listening to it. You know, I could just imagine someone near and dear to Larry saying, Hey, buddy. Are you okay? Can we talk? You want to go maybe have a bite to eat, a drink? Just maybe, just, do you need a hug? I mean, it's that crazy and unhinged. Yet he shares it on Twitter for everyone to see. I think he's proud of it. Now, one quasi-celebrity like Larry Charles' Twitter account, it doesn't really mean much in the big picture. But you can see the DNA from those tweets across La La Land. It's crazy out there. Really the Rob Reiners, the Bette Midlers. It's just completely out of control. And I think that people are starting to catch on. Now, conservatives have caught on, and they've been doing it for quite some time now, but we're starting to see some articles from more left-of-center outlets saying, hey, maybe all those Oscar speeches were a little bit nutty. Maybe some of these stances are kind of hypocritical. <laughs> Recently, Vulture <laughs> called Jane Fonda's vow to quit plastic surgery brave. The online mockery for that particular story was breathtaking. It was hysterical. And it's necessary. Now, I have to say, I might keep updating that Hollywood in Toto story about the broken celebrities all through Election Day and 
probably a bit beyond that too. But I think the bigger picture is becoming very clear. Trump just didn't break certain celebrities. He broke Hollywood too. Introducing TD Ameritrade's newest trading platform, Thinkorswim Web. It has all the essential tools and trade strategies in a streamlined interface. No download necessary. Thinkorswim Web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswimweb to get started. The hit tweet of the week. Doesn't go to Bette Midler this week. I Listen, she could win it every week without doing much homework on my part, but we got to spread the love around. So enter former Senator Al Franken. Of course, you remember why he's an ex-senator? Well, I know he's fallen on hard times, but he's out promoting a new podcast of his with a pretty curious theme to a recent episode. This tweet says it all. This week, career intel officer Malcolm Nance, who first disclosed that Russia hacked the 2016 election, makes the case that Donald Trump has been a Russian asset for decades. Scary, but fun. Well, Al, I think it's only scary if your tinfoil hat falls over your eyes, right? You're listening to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. The hit tip of the week is Waves. You know, sometimes these Oscar bait movies, they come and they go and they miss the big party. Where are the nominations? Where are the awards? These are good films. What's wrong? It's just a very complicated affair. Sometimes a film doesn't make enough money. The box office, they get noticed. And I think Waves is a really good example. It didn't make a lot of money at the box office, but it's excellent. It's well worth your time. The film looks at an upper middle class black family on the verge of crisis. Now, Kelvin Harrison Jr. plays the high school student who's got it all. He's good-looking. He's got a girlfriend. Uh, he's athletic. He's got a family that loves him. Greatness awaits him. Now, sure, his parents push him a little bit too hard, but I think their efforts are paying off. But you know what happens in life? Not everything plays out exactly as you expect. Now, that's where the spoilers stop, because I don't want to kind of reveal what happens next, but... This is a beautifully acted movie. It's stylish at times in all the right ways. It's also pretty thoughtful. It's just one of those movies that makes you think about life, about your life, about what happens, and the things that are in your control and out of your control. Now, we'll say the film's second half has sort of takes a different turn. It's not as arresting as the first, but they do fit together. They are important to be seen together, and they all really connect. Now, I'm not watching This Is Us, but uh, I got to say, I'm becoming a big Sterling K. Brown fan. He's excellent here. He plays the dad of the teenager who's just pushing him and pushing him, but also saying, hey, you know, it isn't a perfect society. There are racist feelings out there, and this is the way I want you to succeed. It's a really interesting way to look at race that doesn't look, seem like a lecture, but it acknowledges reality. It's just one of many elements of the film that I really, really appreciated. Now, Waves didn't get any Oscar love, but it is available right now on Blu-ray and, of course, other home video on demand services. I think you're really going to like it. You're listening to my daddy's podcast. He makes us go to bed early if we don't watch Avengers Infinity War with him. Again. Confession time. Comedian Steve McGrew once made me cry. 
Now, he didn't tell me a sad story or make me slice up an onion in front of him. He told so many funny jokes from his stage, back to back to back. I got into that weird laughing where you're laughing so hard and the tears start to fall. It's kind of a weird place. It's a little uncomfortable, but you know, it only happens when the best comedians are on stage telling their jokes, and that's what Steve did to me. Good on him, right? I was a fan after I saw him live on stage, but... That's beyond the fact that actually we hang out together sometimes in movie review circles. Sometimes I'll pop into him at a movie screening. We're both based around the Colorado area. And also, Steve's a conservative. And he's been letting it be known for a while now. Being more brazen on social media, you know, like every celebrity in the world is, except to the left. Well, sometimes Steve talks that way about right-of-center views. And he's an unabashed Trump supporter, too. No crime, no foul. But of course... There are consequences when you tell jokes from that perspective. Now, in recent months, he teamed with the Deplorables Comedy Tour. He also sang a song called Friends in Safe Spaces. I think that was a year or so ago with uh, Chad Prather, another HitCast guest. And he teamed with Terrence K. Williams for a comedy show with the Deplorables on Broadway a few months back. That's enemy territory 101, right? He survived. I'm sure he made plenty of people laugh. Steve's also a prolific podcaster. He's got two different shows, including Wrinkle Sheets and Remasculate. And he's putting the finishing touches on a new comedy album called Toxic Masculinity. And yes, thank goodness, that's going to be an ironic title. Can't wait for that one. Steve opens up about telling jokes in the age of Trump and so much more in our second chat for this show. Hope you enjoy my conversation with the very funny Steve Mudflap McGrew. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Now, I know you've been touring a lot, and also with conservative comedians like Terrence Williams. I was kind of curious, what is this teaching you? I, I know you're a, a veteran stand-up comedian, and maybe you know there's nothing left to learn in the world, but I would think going on these specific conservative comedy tours is kind of interesting, maybe illuminating. What, what's, what's been the reaction so far? What, what's your takeaway from t- doing those specific tours? Well, what I have learned is there is still hope for America. There's a lot more of us out there than the media would like for for anybody to see or know. Excellent. And uh, as far as the reaction, are there specific types of jokes, maybe certain politicians that get the most reaction? What's what's been sort of the crowd's uh, take on the material? Well, it's it's kind of a a little bit of everything. It's almost like if you if you watch Fox News you know what uh, you're going to get for as far as topics. You know, it's like, is, is it going to be about the president? Is it going to be about Nancy Pelosi? Are we going to make fun of Adam Schiff or, or Nadler's zipper? You know, it's <laughs> it's a little bit of that's all the topics. But then I find they also really like when you just do like conservative leaning stand up, just typical. Like I do a whole thing about why don't we give our sons BB guns anymore? Mm-hmm. So. You know, they really get into that, you know, so you see that there's more of a conservative, we miss the good old days kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of a lot of material is that way and doesn't really have a hard political component, but it just is the kind of material you don't hear. You know, if you go to a stand up club, you're just not going to get that kind of information. So I imagine the reaction is rather interesting. You know, uh, well, you and I. Well, I was going to say, that's what, that's what I do. Like the, the other guys, like Terrence that I've been working with, or Officer Brandon Tatum, uh, and I just did a show with Tommy Lauren down in, in, in Mesa. She was on with us. They all sort of do, uh, you know, more of a political kind of, you know, uh, pep rally comedy. Yeah. And where I come out and just do straight 
conservative-leaning stand-up, and and people are always like, "Oh, I I see what you know. You you're clo- you're kind of closing the show because it's like you know it's been a nice nice Trump rally, and now let's get to some big laughs." Gotcha. You know, one of the things that I I think you and I have talked about in in recent months is how conservative comedians are either treated differently, maybe, you know, uh, club owners look at you guys askance. Do you get the sense that that's still going on? Is it getting better? And any sort of sort of cultural barometer of what's happening from that perspective? I think it's um, it's probably about the same or worse, um, because I, I, you know, you and I have talked before and I lost some work because of this. And uh some of the places that I have worked have not like fired me, but they haven't called and offered me work this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? So I don't think it's I still think it's up in the air whether they appreciate you being a conservative or not. Gotcha. For people who are listening who maybe they say, oh, come on, I think you're overreacting or it's not that bad or maybe you're you're, you're drawing sort of conclusions that don't exist. Is there one specific example you can mention to, to kind of to kind of quiet the naysayers about this? Because, I mean, it, again, we've covered this, but I, I think for people who are new to this topic, it's important. And, and I think it's crazy that anyone would be discriminated against just for telling jokes that are the wrong kind of jokes. Yeah, well, as you know, and you reported on, and the Epic Times did a thing on, was me getting fired from uh, Brad Garrett's comedy club in Vegas for being a Trump supporter. Yeah. And you then there was a whole thing about sense, the, right? the local Denver comics trying to get me fired from mm-hmm. the comedy works because I was a conservative comedy. It's amazing. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, again, you're not going on stage and stomping around in Hitler gear. You're telling slightly right of center jokes. I mean, it's, it's rather ridiculous. And, uh, you know, for and I know that you're sort of more, I guess, overtly political on social media, but Patton Oswalt is and Sarah Silverman is. And so, you know, why can't you be that way if they're that way in the other direction? It's, it's kind of it's, it's very frustrating to me. I must it must drive you nuts. It drives me crazy. And it is part of what's going on with this whole new, you know, the cancel culture that, you know, that they want to get you just quieted and fired and shut up and done away with. But I think it's funny and you're probably seeing it, too, is they're coming back on themselves now. Yeah, that, I mean, that's sort of the cultural lesson that they don't learn is that when you try to silence A and B, sometimes they go back for C. And yes, I, we've seen that with uh, Sarah Silverman and Jim Gaffigan who have really complained about, hey, you, now they're trying to get me canceled. What what happened? I was I was all on board, but if it strikes me, I, I think that's what needs to happen, sadly, is that the people on the left get bitten just like the people on the right are. What's, what's sort of your maybe best case scenario for where the culture goes in a, in a positive way? Well, I, I think it is definitely going to swing back with another four years of Trump. I, I think... Because I said it on stage one time with some, I said made a joke about uh, you know trying to raise sons again. I was actually it was so weird. I I made the comment about uh, I was talking to this couple. I go, do you now do you have boy or girl? And somebody was like, you shouldn't care. And I was like, well, we care. I mean, <laughs> some of us still care. Some of us. I think that's part of the problem is we've just stopped trying to raise sons. You know that, that we're, we think they can just be whatever they want to be, and that's sort of a whole uh, Lord of the Flies thing. You know, so. And I kind of got into it's odd that we that's even that I'm trying to protect saying, are you raising a son? Because that should just be so obvious. So I think with the next four years, we've sort of got the uh, the courts and the government on our side if we get fired for saying something like that. Mm -hmm. 
do you get the sense, I mean, I'm sure you rub elbows with people who are left of center in the comedy world, and maybe they're far left or just kind of center left. Do they, do you have conversations with them? Are they concerned about sort of the cancel culture issue? Not just because, I mean, you guys may disagree politically, but you would think this would sort of be a kumbaya moment where you all are on the correct side or at least the same side. What, any observations there? Well, I, I think, well, what I've seen from some of the liberal comics that I've worked with is they, um, they're hoping that it stays with them. Mm-hmm. But what, what's happening is that they're seeing the, uh, the, the, the snake biting its tail and, and that kind of thing. But they're afraid that we will totally defeat them completely. So they're getting more angry and louder. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I was kind of curious, you're on the road quite a bit. I imagine that you could probably fill up a volume, a memoir of all the kind of the crazy things that happen, <laughs> either on stage, off stage, on the way to the stage. Any quick story you can share maybe from recent months that is just typical, you know, you know, when you're a comedian, this is just what you run into in a way. Um, you mean for like a, like a road story kind of thing? Yeah, or? just anything that kind of comes to mind as being kind of peculiar or fun or, or goofy or, hey, that's just life in America when you're on the road. Oh, well, well I think it's one of the things that, that, uh, that for me has been kind of exciting on the road is that uh, I've been getting recognized more because of the videos that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird because I don't look like liberal Larry because I don't wear a <laughs> pink hat and glasses, but – Somebody just the airport the other day goes, hey, Larry, and I turned around. I mean, I just heard the word Larry, and I turned around, and they're like, we love your videos. And it was just, you know, just me. Uh But so I think it's kind of cool that the recognition is coming from being a conservative comic. Yeah. That I wasn't getting from Hollywood recognition. See, I, I think almost being more conservative and putting out my videos online has gotten me more uh, notoriety and more fans than my uh, exposure did when I was in Hollywood doing, you know, like MTV Half Hour and, and those kind of shows. That's interesting. And I think that's happening across the culture. I think that certain messages are getting out to the public that the usual gatekeepers don't want to get out to the public. And I think that's a great example. I, I was kind of curious. I know you've had a lot of issues with Facebook and Twitter and and we, we could spend I'm in hours. jail right now. You're in jail right now. Give it. Give people an, an example of something you've said or done on social media that got you busted. That is probably pretty darn benign. Or can you? Uh, or is, or do they even tell you when it happens? Well, a lot of times they don't tell you. They uh, they will just give you a you know you get that that thing that you are out for thirty days or uh, like the most recent I got I'm out for seven days because uh, it went against their community standards and apparently I I. I had a picture of a dog's butt and I put a picture of a woman making a duck face. And I said, I said, from now on, this image will be stuck in your head forever. <laughs> and that went against community standards for whatever reason. And I think for me, that's just that they were looking for a reason to get me again. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm clutching my pearls as we speak, but still, that is pretty funny. And I think that's a great example of all the nonsense you see on Facebook, the fake news, the sort of the promoted stories that are kind of nonsense. And then you just kind of unleash that, which is innocuous and, and potty humor at its most fun. And all of a sudden, yes. bang. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> well, here's the other point that I was going to, I did the same picture with the dog's butt. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture of Donald Trump making, you know, how he puckers his lips sometimes. Yeah. 
And I put those together and put them on with my Larry, like the liberal pictures, and said, from now on, when you see Donald, you'll always see this. That one didn't get me in trouble. Oh, wow. That's a guess. See, you see this difference? Of course, yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) You may have confused some of your followers, but it is a good example of what's going on in social media. Uh, You know, and again, for a comedian, you know, that's part of, I mean, listen, I use Facebook and Twitter a lot. I'm scared to death of being banned or or shuttered because I have to get my message out. It's how I kind of make a living. Right. You're reaching out to your fans. Are you... Are you able to maybe track with other, you know, this parlor or parlor? I'm not even sure if it's parlay or parlor. Parlay, yeah, parlay. Do you kind of reach out to maybe emerging networks and and are there any you can kind of share that you think are helpful? Well, I am on I am on parlay. Okay, I'm on I'm on uh, minds too, but I you know how you just you get those you you hear about them and you get on them and they're not quite the Twitter. You know what I mean? They're not quite Facebook. So you kind of have to just stay with both. And I, I agree with some other people I was talking to the other day. If Donald Trump decided to pick any other platform, it would it would work. Or if Donald Trump just started a Twitter version of something, it would work. Because I think he's what's keeping Twitter alive. I completely agree. You need someone that big, that powerful, that influential to jumpstart one of these smaller platforms because they're just it's going to take years and years for them to even get close to twitter get close to youtube and without that massive bump it, it's it's a long process and they may fade you know it's very hard uh, I, I was kind of curious you know i saw you a couple of years ago in denver and it was to me a very traditional stand-up routine very funny but I, have do you find that your stand-up is evolving and maybe embracing more of a culture war, like you mentioned the BB guns and, and kids. It, I, I'm just kind of curious how your act has evolved in recent years. Well, I, I've definitely over the past two years from working these bigger shows and theaters with conservative people, I have definitely been leaning more toward uh, trying to go back to not appeasing everybody. Like I, for a long time, you were trying to like, okay, you know, you got this PC thing and you got to make everybody happy. Well, that's one of the reasons I, I kind of did this new album that I have, Toxic Masculinity, is I've been le- I've been leaning toward this is a man's point of view. This is the way I see my wife buying candles, you know, <laughs> or this is the she makes me watch Hallmark Christmas movies. And this is my joke about that. Right, right. And, instead of just trying to be you know, like, D- doesn't everybody love this? You know, it's amazing, you know. We are different. Men and women are different, and actually is wonderful. It's a, it's a great thing, and I think we could poke fun at it, and I think, you know, there may be women out there who aren't into candles, and that's okay, but generally <laughs> speaking, the dude's going to watch Fast and Furious 12, and the, and, and the lady's going to watch the Hallmark Channel, so... Right. It's, you know, it, Christmas it, in Connecticut. Oh. <laughs> Hey, you've got my thoughts and prayers. <laughs> my wife hasn't gone in that direction yet, but yeah, it is amazing, and you know, it's funny, I was watching some old Simpsons episodes with my kids and there was one where Homer gained an excessive amount of weight and it was, it's a long complicated story, but I'm thinking maybe they don't even write that story because they fear fat shaming jokes might be, you know, too crass. It's amazing how many comedic through lines are basically, basically shuttled because you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating. And I can't imagine what someone who works in this full time, like you do, what you're watch it, watch an episode of friends now. And you're almost like, oh, they would have never gotten away with with uh, Ross and, and Joey cuddling on the couch and making a gay joke. Right. 
But sometimes that's the way people speak, and sometimes they don't have any malice in their heart. They can just be goofy. And sometimes guys are just guys, and we kind of rag on each other. And we do it in a, in a very severe way if we're with buddies. So it, it, it's I'm, – I'm That's, that, that, that's the, that locker room talk, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I should cancel myself. I'm actually waiting for a <laughs> big screen comedy, and I guess it might have to be an indie film that just goes there, that just does the whole Animal House is unabashedly outrageous and just dares the culture to cancel it. I think that could be a sensation, but I don't know if it's coming anytime soon. I, I would love to do something like that. I, I was talking to a writer friend of mine, and we were talking about uh, trying to remake one of the CB movies. Remember the old, back in the 70s, they mm-hmm. did all the CB movies, like C.W. McCall, Convoy, oh, yeah. and all those kind of uh, movies. We, we're saying that we should take one of those and just turn it into a, a full-blown R-rated comedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the truck stop bunnies and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, we just started, got to talking about things like that. Like, what if I bought a surf movie? Like those old Lynette Funicello surf movies. <laughs> you, did, did, you did one of those, but made it in today's just R-rated uh, Animal House kind of thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's waiting. It's waiting. I think the audience is there for it, too. I want to circle back real quickly on Toxic Masculinity, your upcoming album. When you're making an album, it's not just a tour. It's, it's, it's a very specific task. And I, what did you want to include in there? Or maybe you can even tease some of the themes or material that's in that album. Because I, I, you know, I think for a comedian, it's a, it's a very special process. Well, <clears throat> what I was doing, uh, I'd been working on it for a couple of years on and off because I'd been asked by a couple of record companies to do an album. So I was writing and then I thought, well, I want to do something. You get a joke and you think, well, that's better. I don't want to record this yet. So it, it took a, a while to put this all together. And when I got the offer from 800 Pound Gorilla, which is there like the big comedy uh, albums now. And I thought, well, I've got several shows that I've got recorded. So I gave them those. We and they, we picked and choose through there. And then I recorded another whole show and we t- kind of put it all together. Gotcha. And it has a lot to do just with, uh, like I was telling you earlier about just things from a man's point of view, just mm-hmm. that. You know, raising a son again and, and letting them letting them swim in a ditch after it rains. You know, how many how many people let their kids go out and skimboard in a in a flooded ditch anymore? Yeah. You know, I, I've got two boys and they play hockey. And at first my wife has gotten better and she's used to the, the, the rough and tumble nature of it. But at first she was just aghast at what they were doing. I'm like. Honey, this is hockey, man, and they're they're loving it. So it's it's just part of what they do. I, I was gonna, get, you know, well, I I think you. Well, and I was I, gonna say w- w- about that too. This is one of the things that I've gotten in trouble before in the past, and I actually got in trouble when I was on the radio for saying this. I, one of my bosses said that she goes, "I was ready to come in and yank you off the air." Wow, <clears throat> was was what you just said about your your wife like getting all? That's one of the, I thought with a problem with the whole single mother thing for so long. Because a mother is going to do what you said. She's going to coddle him or not, not let him do something. Or you're not playing football. You're going to get hurt. And we had like a whole generation come up with a little bit of, of uh, too much bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. And that was that was across a uh, bridge too far for the for your boss, apparently, right? Yeah, yeah. Because she was a single mom and mm-hmm. thought, you know, or, you know, the single moms that were listening would be sure. offended. I'm like, well, so we're not allowed to say the truth, you know, yeah. because if a dad isn't there to go, nah, let him, you know, let him get hurt or like stop crying. It's part of the process. And, and I would flip it. If you're a single dad, there may be a maternal instinct that you don't have at the ready that could, you know, 
influence a child that, that may be needed in a child's life. And listen, single parents, I, I give them all the credit in the world. It's brutal to be a parent, and it's really hard, and they're doing it solo. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, I, those observations are valid. You know, That's you the perfect I, way to say it, too, is to give them the props, because I agree. It's, it's hard. One way or the other is going to be hard. And it kind of goes, but that's why the two parent thing is so good. It's the it's the Oriental, you know, uh, yin and yang. Mm-hmm. It's you need both for the complete circle. Yeah, it's almost like good cop, bad cop at times. Yeah, you and I talk a lot about the negativity in in Hollywood as far as discrimination and, and not having your voices be heard. Is there anything maybe you can share? Just kind of a positive story. Uh, uh, an incident that gave you more hope? I mean, you talk about how the crowds are lining up for your tours and that, that I get it from a professional level and I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. But I'm just kind of curious if you have maybe a, um, an anecdote that is more positive about maybe people from the other side of the aisle who aren't trying to do that to you or maybe saying, hey, I don't agree with your, your views, but you're a funny guy. Any Anything like that you can share? Because I, I don't want to always be negative. It, it's... But it's well, I, I, I think that there is the comedy clubs that are doing that. I, I still I know some comedy club owners that are definitely not Trump fans, mm-hmm. but but they have still like giving given me work. Great, so that great. gives that gives me hope. Gotcha. You know, and the other thing as far as the industry that really gives you hope is the whole Tim Allen thing for them to bring back last man standing mm-hmm. and it do as well as it's doing. That sort of says to me, Hollywood sort of knows they got to go, go with us. Yeah. That's a good point, and 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 thank goodness the show kind of rebounded as much as it did. If it if they brought it back and it flopped, that would have been that would have sent a real significant message that I think we wouldn't have liked. But uh, that that is so true. Yeah, that is so true. You know, you were talking about uh, messages in Hollywood. I I saw uh, Birds of Prey last night. I'm sorry. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> me too. I hated it. I absolutely. I almost walked out, and I and I don't normally do that, but I was shocked. To see the scene where uh, Ian, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ewan McGregor? Yeah. Uh, rips off that girl's dress in the bar. Uh-huh. Now, for a typical, isn't that one of those, like, like that's toxic masculinity. I thought that'd be one of those scenes that would be like, oh, we, we can't do that in this kind of empowerment movie. Yeah, I guess I guess they wanted to make him as not just evil, but uber evil. But uh, it was an odd scene. I don't even think it fit with the rest of the movie. I think you already knew he was the bad guy. So it, I, I suspect maybe when you think about that movie, when you watch the Blu-ray down the road, if you want to, there may be more <laughs> scenes that were kind of put in there or maybe maybe others that kind of, you know, give it some context. But uh, yeah, well, one scene, I, this is I mean, this is sort of out of our but one scene that made me laugh that I thought they just went back and reshot this was the scene where. Uh, she's in roller skates, and two of the two of the actors go. When did she have time to change shoes? <laughs> that seemed like an obvious cut to uh-huh. to just so uh, explain why she's in rollerblades now. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> For those listening, Steve is also a pretty big movie fan and a critic, so uh, he picks up at these things that I, I missed that too. That was a that was a kind of fun continuity little moment. Uh, before we let you go, Steve, I had a quick question. Sure. I feel like we've gotten used to the age of Trump. The, the news cycle never slows down. The divide in you know, social media is just extreme. Do you ever wish that as a, as a comedian that things kind of calmed down, the waters became more still? Or are, do you find inspiration from sort of the energy in our culture right now? Um, I, I do find inspiration in the energy, but I do wish it would s- sort of calm down. Mm-hmm. I think the rhetoric is, is getting so jacked up that 
something's going to go bad, like really bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I've told friends this. I think it's just going to take one 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 crazy person at one of uh, either a rally or a protest and it could explode like a Fort Sumner kind of thing. Yeah, I fear that, too. And matter of fact, there was a recent um, event where a, a Trump hater drove a van into a, a, a GOP volunteer booth. I, I, may have, I may have some of the specifics there wrong, but the basic story is right. And the media just basically shrugged its shoulders and didn't even cover it to any extent. So I think, yeah, I, I, I worry about that. And I certainly worry about that come election day, but hopefully cooler heads will prevail. And of course, uh, you're out there making good jokes and making laughs and you know, entertaining the other half of the country that often doesn't get uh, attention. So uh, I appreciate you coming back on the HitCast, Steve. You can look for Steve's new comedy record. It's called Toxic Masculinity. It's coming very soon. And of course, you can keep up with all of his crazy characters like Larry the Liberal and Tucker the Trucker on Steve's YouTube channel and social media outlets. And all those links you can find at HollywoodInToto.com. Steve, thanks again for checking in, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out HollywoodandToto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter at HollywoodandToto. And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.